this episode of The Full Nerd, your questions answered. Welcome to The Full Nerd, episode 166. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hey, Internet. Elaine Yee is also here. Sometimes fire is bad. Yes. And also, Adam Patrick Murray is putting the fire out. I don't know if I'm putting any fires out. I might be starting some fires in the chat. But, uh, yeah, oh. we, we got a fun one. We, we got lots of, uh, mm-hmm. lots of good questions to get answered. Um, yeah. Uh, the, some of my favorite episodes. Are it just all Q&A? Yeah, I love them. I love just talking to people, answering stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's gonna it's 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 gonna run the gamut of uh, serious to uh, to kind of weird uh, to everywhere in between. Some personal questions as well. So yeah, I'm, mm. I'm excited. Okay. I th- I think we should just run into it. Uh, the first one comes from a uh, angry video game nerd on YouTube uh, is wondering uh, how how anyone could ever recommend the NZXT H1 or any NZXT product ever in the future now that they're catching fire. Huh. Yeah, uh, I you know I I can take that actually because I I was actually one of the biggest am still one of the biggest proponents of the H1. It's an awesome concept, and I love the case. Clearly, there are some issues with it. If you haven't uh, heard, watch uh, Steve over at Gamers Nexus. Uh, they have found some issues with not only the fact that the PCIe cable. Uh, which was identified and recalled by NZXT could potentially cause fire, but also the fix doesn't really go as far. I haven't watched all of the videos. Uh, I can still personally, I, this is one of those stick and care things. I think that clearly, yeah, somebody should have caught that, you know, mistakes should never happen. We should all live in a perfect society, but um, at the same time, you also have to give, you know, a carrot to NZXT for after all of the bad press of getting, uh, having Steve show it catch on fire. And then I think Jay came out and talked about it as well. They came out and they said, you know what? We're going to, we're going to stop selling these right now. It doesn't mean period. I, I hope not because I, I still love the idea, but we're going to, I think, uh, let you ask for a refund and we're going to probably do a recall on the, the PCIe riser cable. It's a custom design. That is the issue. And I, you know, the big thing is like, say, if you really are so afraid that your H1 is a seriously flawed product and will always be flawed, then we will give you your money back. So you do have to applaud that, but clearly uh, mistakes were made as they like to say. I, I do applaud the final act. Like where they're at now is good. Uh, I think it wouldn't have happened without Gamers Nexus doing excellent work and pushing this so hard because they originally pulled this in December uh, yeah. and said, hey, you know, we're just going to give you guys nylon screws to fix this issue. It doesn't really fix the issue. It makes it so the real issue is that the way the PCIe riser cable is designed, you like screw metal screws into the uh, PCB. So it creates a short uh so the real fix is replacing that PCIe riser cable. Uh, if you use standard industry like CAD programs and stuff to create PCBs and stuff, like it should have given warnings for stuff like this. There's a bunch. If they were following industry standards, this probably wouldn't have happened. So it was a big drop of the ball there. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad Gamers Nexus kept digging and put all this out. And I'm glad that NZXT today or last night, I guess it was, is 
doing the right thing finally. But yep. it would have been nice if that was in the, in the fact that they put up today. They said they've known the PCIe risers an issue since November. If that's the case, I would have liked to see more transparency around this, uh, or just it not being put back on shelves with just the nylon screws because that's they call it a fix in their fact, but that's not a fix. That's just making it so it doesn't actively short the ground connection is still there. So and it is, uh, it's still a great case once it comes back out. I mean, assuming the PCIe riser cable's fixed, I mean, I would I would still not hesitate to pick it up. But yeah, what an ordeal. Yeah, I I really think the transparency was the biggest issue. Just mm-hmm. like kind of listening to some of the, I don't know if it's behind the scenes, but you know, GamerSex is discussing the emails that they got and the fact that they have supposedly been already uh, working with the um, U.S. Consumer Protection Board to issue a formal recall since November. Um, like if they already were in the process of that way back then, it kind of seems like they've just had this really extended schedule in terms of handling it. And if that's the case, I think more transparency would have made everyone feel a little better about it. Like the way it's coming across now is that they weren't going to do anything beyond the screws until gamers next pushed them. But for all we know, maybe that wasn't the case. Maybe they did actually have a, a more longer term plan in mind, but because it wasn't discussed or revealed, like nobody actually knows that. Also, I wanted to add on real quick for people who aren't as familiar with this, that the reason why the nylon screws don't work as a fix, because, you know, the idea was that, okay, you take away the metal screws, you remove the the source of closing the circuit and the short. Um, but part of the problem with the screws is that if you keep screwing in, you're basically screwing like actual PCB, PCB bore. I guess I, can't, I shouldn't say board. You're actually screwing to the PCB and you're causing like, dust to generate so um if you have a h1 um check out jay's video because he talks about using zip ties as a temporary fix as we wait for a proper whatever is happening in terms of production which is likely going to get delayed because of lunar new year and china factories or chinese factories closing down what was there also concern too that somebody would take this um, riser cable and use it elsewhere. I yeah uh, yeah that's part of the concern. If you reuse it in another case with metal screws, or if someone gets the second hand and doesn't realize, mm-hmm. hey, these are nylon for a reason. Just use standard screws. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it would be an issue over the life of these things. Yeah, which is a very fair point because we know the surface life of of PCs goes on infinitely. So ten years from now, that riser cable could be used elsewhere with a metal screw. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Have the cool thing is, I actually did a, a basically just summarizing what Steve did. You should go check out all Steve's video. But I have an article on PC World today uh, that has links to the various pages you could do to sign up for the repair kits and the PCIe replacements and stuff that NDXC is putting out. So if you have an H1 case, you should go check that out. Have Have we ever seen a situation like this this bad for for a case coming out that just has a, ma- a major flaw like this i i'm sure it's one of those things you know one of the things about that case in particular it is um for people who don't know it's basically was an xbox before the xbox even came out looks like it anyway and it it's the concept was a mini itx case that ha- includes a custom fitted power supply custom fitted uh 
uh, cooler so that you don't, you don't have these really long hoses and also custom fitted PCIe. You could basically, we did a speed build of it. You can build this thing really, really fast compared to most mini ITX builds. So it's, it's a complete system. Whereas typically you would buy a case, you would go out and source your PCIe browser cable from elsewhere. I don't. I don't know if it's affected any other cases because very few cases are sold with the riser cable with it. Do I suspect that there are other riser cables that you are sourcing on Amazon or eBay for the minimum bid price and that are fire hazards? Yeah, there probably are, right? Because clearly people will do this. If you go look at uh, Steve and Gabriel's Nexus have done three videos on this in total. If you go look at the second one where the thumbnails like Steve like got his arms crossed and there's flames going on and stuff, uh, they actually look at some other riser cables they compare this against and say, hey, you see this bracket around this? This is what you want. This is the standard. This could have prevented this if you have this. So if you are going to buy a PCIe riser cable, if you go watch that video, you'll know what to look for to make sure that doesn't happen in your cheap Amazon one. Right. It's funny, though, because I mean – the the thing about PC is you typically like, you know, uh, fire hazards, which are extremely, extremely serious as a heart attack, generally don't bug us that much because we, so much of it is low voltage. So, you know, the fact that you're, that they're actually able to pass enough current through that cable to, to start things on fire is not good. I've seen that in the past with like Firewire, which, you know, of course is called Firewire, but even USB headers, people have sent me pictures of their systems that have flamed up and there there's probably a lot more fire hazards on the pc that we've seen over because you know it's the source of most of the parts is is unknown and most people will go for low bid and it's it's going to happen so i can't recall something quite like this in you know the decade or so i've been doing this yeah well, I'm, I mean, I guess one of the things, if you look for PC and fire, I'm sure you're going to find lots of, in, you know, systems that have caught fire. Is it, you know, sold by one vendor? I mean, it's usually you just, you know, bad, bad stroke of luck with what you bought. So. Yeah, I feel like the closest is like battery recalls and laptops or something like that happening, but I don't really recall anything. Or the Note 7. <laughs> well, you know what's really classic is, and we don't even really cover them, unfortunately, is there, if you go to the cons- U.S. Consumer Protection, God, Safety, whatever, I can't remember the full thing, CPSE, you will see many, many, many power bricks sold by all kinds of vendors that catch fire because, you know, we work in a commodity world and you get a lot of parts and the vendor is just basically cut a corner somewhere and they have a run of power supplies that go bad. That's, that's very, very common with laptops, a lot of laptops. And especially you'll see that. Um, and actually what I do applaud is they actually went to the, you know, CPSC because typically CPSC is like Hasbro, HP, Dell, Apple. Mm-hmm. When you're that, that big and you are, you sell a lot of parts and also you have deep pockets for someone to sue you and there's a lot of risk. You do it. A lot of these questionable parts sold on eBay and Amazon direct from the factory. You're not going to, you're not going to see a, a recall on that. You're not going to see a CPSE. You've got to just run across it in a forum saying, Hey, this damn thing caught on fire. You know, I look, go look at like USB cables, just charging cables on Amazon. You'll find like, Hey, this caught on fire. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> Air cleaners. I bought a propane tank today, and the top review picture was like, these things leak. 
Okay, well, you know, he had a picture of basically the propane shooting out the safe, the overflow valve. Oh, I bought Ooh. it anyway. I bought it anyway, to be honest, because I, you know, that is... He no, likes because, living on the edge. <laughs> no, this, in that case... I know you. No one sells a propane tank where one hundred percent of them leak propane, right? So, I don't think that's an issue. But in this case, the risk was probably mitigated with the plastic screws. But it's it's very real. And the honestly thing is, they you shouldn't have a screw that that is so close to to voltage, right? That was that was clearly a design flaw, right? So. Did they say in that and Gamer Sexist video that it's also maybe a bad design of the piece of uh, the PCB as well? Like that, that the was it the traces went that far? Yeah, that shouldn't. When you're designing it in CAD, if you're doing, you know, as you're doing that, any any program should be like, yo, you can't lay this out like this because the screws going right here and you got traces going right here, which they said in the Gamer's Nexus video. If you go poking around Reddit and different corners of the internet, all kinds of electro engineers are saying, I don't know how this happened because this program should have streaked. Don't do this. But mm. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, again, you know, this is the world where you source it from a factory. Mm-hmm. The dude had a bad day or dudette had a bad day and they're off by two millimeters in production. You got 50,000 of these things. You don't know till already made then. Yeah. I but, am, yeah, I am I, glad I, it wonder. took a while, but I'm glad that. And NZXT is doing the right thing. No. Yeah. So that's the that's the takeaway. That's good. Gamers but, Nexus kicks ass. NZXT is doing the right thing. That's the bottom yeah. line. All right. Yeah. Well. Um, uh, then let, let's uh, let's turn to uh, something else that kind of hit the news recently. That I, I know Gordon's going to have some opinions on. Uh, Cause MC uh, asked the question based on Google closing all the internal game studios and contracts. ETA on studio on Stadia's end. <laughs> Didn't I predict that last year? Like it would happen and last year? It didn't happen? I think we all kind of actually. No, but I, I remember was, I, I thought it was going to close, but I don't know about this soon. Yeah, you did do a prediction like it's going to last like a year or two. Yeah, it was like a paper. I was going to eat paper on that one. And I was wrong last year. But then I think I said, I'll take my bet for this year. <laughs> It'd be insane if they really did throw away that investment, but as Google. Believe me, I'm a customer of them. I have I paid a lot of money for one of their phones. They really the attention span and Google and hardware is not been impressive, right? I mean, there's very hit or miss. Some things are great, some things are very not great. So I would give it. I think I said it already. I will again say, I would give it to the end of this year, which seems insane, but I mean, this is a problem Google has. Is people are really distrustful of you know like you kind of wonder one day you're going to get this email saying hey we're shutting gmail down like what you got two weeks to get your stuff off and it's like hi what (laughs) well i mean i think i think it's that but then also just that that business model is just is not the right way to go like it doesn't get anybody excited to be like oh i'm gonna buy games on stadia and that's all i'm ever gonna have ownership over it and then you Add on top of that that at some point it'll probably close, so then you don't continue access to get access. Right. Like it just—it's it, a console in the cloud. Yeah, they set themselves up for failure. Like it's—it's it's, yeah. Honestly, when it comes to Stadia, my biggest concern is that you invest in it and you get nothing back from it. So like even so, like companies like Microsoft. Microsoft in particular have done a good job where they close down a service and they're like, hey, sorry about that, but we're refunding you your money. So like at least you weren't out, you know, for having participated 
essentially in our experiment here. I, I don't feel like Google has that history. So no. Although I, I think Microsoft's history with music services has been pretty dismal, right? I don't know how many DRM-protected music that they, they have killed over the years. Yeah. But the, the key point to that, though, is that Microsoft tends to smooth things over by saying, like, here's your money back. So at least, like, you can just be sad that it's going away, not that you felt like you got ripped off. Yeah, when they shut down Groove or whatever, I think it was called Groove, there, the Windows 10 built-in media music. player that they shut yeah. down. yeah. Uh, not only did they do what Elena just said, they also said, hey, we partnered with Spotify. We're going to make it easy for you to transfer your stuff over to Spotify. So hopefully, you know, keep your money. It's as easy as we can be to transfer you over, which is really cool. And I agree. I don't think Google would necessarily do that. Uh-uh. And it's, they say they keep in Stadia up and running, which is cool, theoretically, because the technology is cool. And I guess that's what they're building it out for now. Uh, but there's, I don't understand how they're going to try to continue to sell the service. Like a large part of, part of Stadia's appeal is the cool, unique features. Like you can be like, oh, here I am. Let me shoot my save state over to my buddy and they can play it because it's all in the clouds. Or someone's streaming it on YouTube and you go, oh, I want to play that. And you can buy the game and start right where your streamer's playing it right there. But without internal development teams taking the lead to push those specific features in games. I just don't see like Ubisoft or EA or whatever, like devoting so much development time to developing around those key features. And it's feels like it's the end of the line, if not yet, but soon. I mean, or, or even a, uh, like a, an exclusive game that was, was worth picking up. I mean, they, they did have a couple exclusives, but they were all really small and not like, not nothing anybody's going to get in on. It makes me wonder how they saw Cyberpunk because it makes me wonder because Cyberpunk is like the key service for this, the key game for this, right? Because it's like everyone wants to play Cyberpunk. It'll kick your existing hardware's butt. Uh, You can't buy a new graphics card or a new console right now. If you want to play Cyberpunk, things like Stadia and GeForce Now are like, that's like one of the best options for a lot of people. And I'm real curious if they saw either like next to nobody buying cyberpunk on stadia, which made them go, Hey, you know, forget this then. Or if they saw tons of people buying cyberpunk on stadia and they're just like, "Mm, why are we spending all these money on developers then? If it's going to be a success with hard games. I mean, I I did watch digital foundries breakdown of the stadia version of cyberpunk, which was actually really cool. And and there is some unique features to that version exclusively. Uh, and even Digital Foundry was like, "Hey, don't play Cyberpunk on one of the the old school consoles. Like Stadia is going to be a better experience <laughs> than one of the mm-hmm. older consoles," uh, which was pretty interesting, especially coming from them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I did try it, and I mean, it, and it works. Yeah, but once again, you're you're buying a sixty dollar game that you only get access to there, and if it goes away, it goes away. Uh, and also, the, the I mean, I guess the biggest thing for me is that they didn't have the, the save states transfer. So I, I added on PC, and I was like, oh, okay, that'd be kind of fun to fire it up on Stadia and, and pick up where I left off, but they didn't have the save state. And I was just like, well, I'm not going to replay the game <laughs> just for the Stadia version. Uh, yep. So, like, at least give I'm, you that. Yeah. You know it what I'm... so easy, too. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm really sad about is... This feature that I thought actually made it sound really appealing was, you know what, uh, the way that online games are done on a server is really antiquated and really doesn't scale. We're designing this so 
you know, it's all server side. You, you know, right now you might get say 64 or a hundred people on a server in, in, you know, Stadia was sort of promising that, well, you might have 600 people on a server playing at the same time and, you know, not suffering the, the issues that, you know, typically the way it's done with, you know, a, a client cloud kind of, uh, network code. So it's all basically done on the, on the, on the server, and it's like, wow, that sounds actually really cool. But yeah, you're right. That ain't never going to happen now. That is just like, I don't think that's ever going to happen now. I mean, who's ever going to do it? I, I if, also, Google does, if Google doesn't trust enough to invest in it, why will other companies? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, everything that I've heard is that it, it just they weren't giving it the the money and attention it needed to grow, which who knows, maybe Phil Harrison undersold and said hey you know what like we we can start up these games you know developing games is easy just give us a little bit of money and we'll be fine and then it's like no actually developing games is hard uh so yeah and we need more money and we need more resources and google's like eh no it's not worth it uh, the, the actual selling it as tech is a makes a lot more sense for google i think than trying to become a console in the cloud so i'm hoping it doesn't completely die but it doesn't seem promising right now I feel like, you know, Google's one of those companies where it just goes dormant, you know? They're just, they're probably, their view is like, you know what? Technology isn't ready yet. Our infrastructure isn't ready yet. We'll, we'll see in five or six years, you know? I would say, though, like having, having Gchat go dormant for a little bit or something is different than, than this because you need all that server space. You need to have hardware, like, at the ready in case anybody decides to play it. Like, that's not going to... Like they can't just sit on that. <laughs> I, th- I think they would more likely cut their their losses and and run at that point. Sure. I mean, but, the odds of them beating Microsoft, you know, because it feels like I think we thought this in the re- when we first started talking about this, Microsoft would be the dominant player in this, and Nvidia would be the the the, the dark horse for PC with uh, GeForce Now. But I, was there really any room for Stadia in the first place? Name recognition. Hey, a lot Not- of people have Android. I think their ideas are super awesome, and if it if they didn't Google it as hard as they Googled it, then <laughs> it could have been really great. Like, the whole idea of tying it into YouTube gaming and being like, oh, I like that game. I'm going to hit buy and immediately be in the third world 20 seconds in where the streamer is, and I'm going to play alongside him or her. Like, that's super awesome, the idea of having four people play at once and see each other's screens in the corner, like in... uh uh, Ghost Recon, like that's a cool idea, but Google is just—it's—it's it's hard for them for some reason. Google gonna Google. Yeah, I—I I have a question though. Is there—is are we at that point where the media needs to exercise restraint and to simply stop hyping these things? Because I'm just thinking of—do you remember the? They had those. Uh, they were pushing really hard for AR you know, technology and phones, and then they had their own, you know, virtual VR headsets, Daydream, all that stuff. It's all gone. They've killed it all. And it's just like, there's a certain point. It's like, and I do sometimes sense this whenever, because everybody talks about Google. It's like, well, well, this is pretty cool stuff. Uh, let me set my stopwatch because I know you're going to pull the plug on it in 12 months. I'm like, there's a certain point where you really, as a responsible journalist, should be like, yeah, good luck. I wouldn't spend my money on this, you know, with the track record I'm seeing. Well, for what it's worth, I will put out there, uh, that's exactly what our review did for Stadia. Uh, it said, awesome technology that some other company will probably perfect. And <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it is. I agree 100% with you. I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't 
go in on the ground floor of any Google paid consumer service or product at this point. And that's thanks for Google because it's going to be hard for them to get traction with enthusiasts. But at this point, between like you're saying, Google Glass and, you know, Daydream and now this, like you just can't trust. And these are not cheap investments either. Like even if you just buy one game on Stadia, that's 60 bucks. I mean, to me, that's not a cheap. It's not, you know, crazy, but that that's a barrier to entry right there. It just makes them seem like a company that's more into cool ideas. Um mm-hmm that has a bunch of people with a uh, high enough disposable income to throw money at the ideas and then just kind of go, Oh, well, that didn't work out for now. Well, we'll come back to it later. Yeah. But uh, it's not something for people who have more strict budgets to necessarily latch into if they want security and a long lasting kind of ride. It's also just a, even if you have disposable income, it's a pain in the butt to have to change things because the thing you're using just got canceled. <laughs> like what they oh, keep doing sure. with their music streaming services. I would never subscribe oh. to that because it's just it's stupid. So it's on like it's seventh iteration. It's, <laughs> it's so weird too. It's like, it's almost just like the internal teams like squabbling over who has the branding and who gets to, you know, house it. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. Yeah. Over. I think yeah. the bad thing is it feels like it's the entire brand now. You know, Google is used to sort of Google used to be that brand like, yeah, this is like smartest people in the room. They always have the answer. Now it's like, man, you don't know. You're just throwing mud at the wall and just going to kill half these projects. And that when you have the general public, that's probably the general public's view of Google. Now, that's that's a really bad place for a brand to be. It feels like. Yeah, Uh, I mean, I think as long as it's free products, it's not going to affect them as badly. If it if they became much more of a paid service type brand, then it would really harm them. Because like most people really use Google for Android and Gmail. I, I don't Chrome. Um, and Chrome. But I really think that like all of us who are still mourning the death of Google Reader, you know, like <laughs> like it's just no. like whatever. I still use Gmail, right? <laughs> They're just like I'm still going to use Chrome, et cetera, et cetera. And I still do. I use those very established things. But like I said, I would not buy in on Google Glass at this point. I would not buy in on Stadia. And I did not buy in on either of those. <laughs> uh, somebody in the chat, oh boy, I lost it, uh, was asking about Amazon Luna. Oh, uh, Steelskin667. was wondering about Amazon Luna. I did get accepted into the program. I, I got the, the controller in and stuff like that. So I, I've, I've been using it a bit uh, from a tech perspective. You know, it's 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 up there if you have the right setup. Uh, like it actually works pretty well, and and that controller does what the state or the um, Stadia controller was supposed to do, where it speaks directly to the server and recognizes whatever device you're playing on. So it doesn't it doesn't hop through your device to get to the server. So awesome. From from what I've tried, you know, works well. Once again, it's 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 the money, it's the support that I, I just don't know if anybody should buy into to Luna in that situation. Well, Amazon also hasn't had the greatest record when it comes to gaming either. No, no. Yeah, we shouldn't get too far into that. But yeah, both Google and <laughs> Amazon had a rough week for game developers this, this past week. Yeah. What did Amazon do? Uh, there's a big expose about uh, its failed gaming ambition so far. Yeah. Uh, gaming is hard. Gaming, I mean, you know, I guess maybe that should tell us gaming is really hard, right? It's, and I think also it's especially hard if you're a company that's like multi-division to begin with and it's not your your main focus. 
I feel like it's one of those subjects where people look at it and they're like, gaming is hot. We need to have something in gaming, but they don't really know how to approach it in a way that isn't just traditional. And, and I think that's why it becomes such a bad fit for those companies. Listening to you, Brad, talk about how like the technology and like the application was cool, like what they were promoting for Stadia. And it's like, why isn't Google leaning more into that? Like the more infrastructure behind the scenes, like pushing that. But I guess it's like you don't get the glory. You don't get the, the brand recognition if you do that. I mean, mm-hmm. at, at least on Amazon's end, you know, like I'm sure the idea sprung out of, hey, we have AWS. We have all this server capacity. You know, we, we run we run Twitch game streams. We, we, why don't we host some games in the cloud and have it run off AWS? Like, ah, okay, that's, that's an interesting idea. Like they've got the back end. Sure. <laughs> it's just the but front end and everything else. Yeah, That's not even the first stab <laughs> they've taken at gaming. I mean, like they've tried yeah, having their yeah. own internal studios and all that. And then they end up just buying Twitch, I think, to get their foot really in the door. Yeah. And the same reason that Stadia would have made sense for the YouTube integrations. Luna makes sense for the Twitch integrations. But uh, Jason Schreier's Amazon expose made, I thought, a very good point. Uh, Both Google and Amazon are big technology companies that are like process first. Like, hey, we have a way of doing this. We're going to go through this. Where's the process is methodical. And so they're looking at it as the science of making games and not really realizing there's a lot of art behind it as well. And I think that might be a big disconnect at the other companies, at these bigger companies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, I mean, uh, which I, which why I think NVIDIA's tactic is probably better because, they, hey, they have the back end. They have the, the process end of it. But they're like, you know what? We're not even going to try to solve the, <laughs> the art of it. We're just going to let you access your, the games everybody else is making. No, so. it's, a really, it's a really clever <laughs> approach to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's move on. We, we got some more questions. Uh, speaking of uh, gaming, um, where... Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, here, uh, Duke Nukem uh, had asked um, that, uh, are there any plans in the future to revisit thing, to v, to revisit VR? Uh, with the new HP Reverb G2 out, along with Flight Simulator support and many other games, I feel like the market is increasing and we need guidance on recommendation uh, slash minimum reg specs for proper VR. Gordon, uh, Brad, pro- VR? Probably not in the near term in any concentrated way. We might do occasional looks at things. But I wouldn't get your hopes up for, you know, continued dedicated benchmarks often regularly. Uh, People brought this up before. uh, And I would love to, in a vacuum, include VR because I think that's a great use for high-end graphics cards. Uh, But it's just, yes, it is growing. I agree. Like Quest sold a lot last year. You know, Valve Index, Half-Life Alex, it's on the upswing. But it's still actually a very, 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 very tiny percentage of people who actually have them. Like if you go look at the Steam hardware survey uh, and whenever we spend a lot, it takes a lot of time and energy to do VR benchmarks and stuff, right? And the amount of people who read that just doesn't make it pay off very well. Like not to boil it down to dollars and cents, but if you spend a week you know, benchmarking X amount of games and six different VR headsets and a hundred people read it. It'd be more than a hundred people, but you get the idea. Uh, like there's many other things you could do for that week that have more practical application to a wider base of people. So that's kind of a bummer answer, but that's really where we're at right now. I am hoping to start to do more stuff in the future, but I think it's, you know, like I've been including ultra wide gaming benchmarks 
for graphics card reviews. I think that's more practical in the near term. Yeah, I'm with you on that too, Brad, because just as 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 my own little social experiment, because obviously I'm not a young person, but I look at my kids to see what they play. We finally, you know, they'd been begging for a VR headset at home. Finally, we finally got one over the summer. I mean, they probably use it seven, 10 hours. It's 99% sit in front of my PC playing games for both my kids with their friends sitting in front of their PCs playing games. It is not using the VR headset. So it really feels like it's not dead, but it's definitely on a, you know, it's still building up steam. And I don't know when we're going to get to the point where people will prefer that to sitting in front of a computer, but it doesn't look like it's anytime soon. When they do play, do they play sit down uh, situations or do they do room scale stuff? It's room scale. uh, And of course, uh, not to to kick Google anymore, but I recently heard they killed that awesome 3D painting app that my kid kids yeah. love, or my daughter oh, loves. Brush. Brush. Oh, it's awesome. Tilt brush. Yeah. Oh, that it's was open good. source. It's yeah. open oh, source okay. <laughs> but still, come on, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I actually I, had the same. Actually, had the same experience because I have a Vive, the original Vive, and I loved it for like the first couple of weeks. But then after that, it's like. You know, I'm done working. Do I really want to strap on the headset, get everything calibrated, run around swinging my arms and stuff, or I just want to sit here and play Rainbow Six? <laughs> and so I wound up playing less and less VR over time, which thinks because actually when I do play VR, I still love it. And I'm just like blown away by the scale of it. And, you know, right. Fallout in VR is janky as hell, but impressive as hell. <laughs> but I just, yeah, there's, it's not enough people out there to justify us spending a ton of time on it. Well, I, I ask about sit-down stuff because something like Flight Simulator doesn't, you know, like it's the idea of you just sitting in a cockpit, you're sit-down VR, so at least you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, getting up and, and having room scale and all that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's a different kind of experience. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I see something I think the original Oculus is still better at because you don't want to set up the... The, the towers to sit in front of your computer in your office, you know, whereas the that little IR emitter they use work pretty well. Mm-hmm. I'm still interested in seeing how much they've improved on it. I'm waiting because the first iterations made me so nauseated. And I haven't been willing to risk it since. Hmm. I yeah, think it's probably happens. not changed enough. I don't think it's probably going to get enough to the point where you're not it depends something like that reverb that whoever asked the question mentioned that thing has very high resolution and a very high refresh rate too so i think we're getting closer to having less you know the screen door effect and motion sickness and stuff for a lot more people but i don't think we're there yet yeah uh well uh, hard, another hard turn. Uh, the King Prawn said uh, a friend just purchased a renewed Titan XP for a build for about six hundred and fifty dollars. Did he throw away his money? No, because I was actually on New Egg this morning looking at graphics card prices, and sixteen sixty Ti. There was one for five hundred and fifty dollars on Newegg, and the rest of them started about eight hundred bucks. So if you can get a Titan XP for six hundred bucks and you need it right now, you're you're doing good. You know, ideally, if you can wait till all this settles down, that would be better. But who knows how long that's going to be at this point? 
Yeah, it's crazy. I was just, we haven't run the store yet, but, you know, typically I was looking at, well, value, gaming laptop, RTX 30 series gaming laptop versus a desk gaming desktop. Gaming desktop always wins that category. Easy hand down, but no. <laughs> like a, an RTX uh, 3060 Ti desktop with monitor and, and accessories that you would get because a laptop is a whole thing. It's mm-hmm. basically only $300 less than a, than a, <laughs> Than an RTX 3080 gaming laptop with 17 inch screen, so it's it's insane right now for desktop yeah. with, with the markups. What actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, with the markups. Yeah. Yes, with the markups. Yeah. That's what actually got me looking at graphics card price this morning because I was looking at I found a, a whole Dell PC for seven hundred dollars, or someone pointed it out to me that had the 1660 Ti inside, and I'm like, oh, I wonder how much you know those cards are going for. Go on Newegg, that one graphics card sells for more than that entire system that has a 1660 Ti inside. so bad right now. A friend of mine messaged me over the weekend because he was helping another friend, like, actually assemble their new PC. And I was like, he's like, I'm using the 1650. And I was like, whoa, how did he get one without having to pay a markup? And his friend was like, "Uh, I did pay a markup. I paid $350 for that card. And I was like, 1650? Oh, it what did I what did I find this morning? Uh Radeon RX five seventy for three hundred and fifty bucks starting price. And that was only one of them. Most of them were over four hundred bucks. It's so bad right now. <laughs> this actually feels crazier than the mining craze in a lot of ways. Doesn't yeah. it? Well right now Ethereum is booming, like booming. Like that mining craze is kind of going on. You know, all the stuff with Dogecoin and everything getting speculated on this last weekend. We have the crazy demand. We have the new generation of cards. Like it's just like the perfect storm of crap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean at, at least with the mining craze it was easy to point to one thing and be like, damn you miners. <laughs> Here it's everything. <laughs> Yeah, but with three things you can point to now and shake your fist at. (laughs) But with even during the worst of the mining craze, it would only wipe out like all Radeons. Like you could not buy a Radeon card, right? They just and then they start to infect GeForce cards, current generation. But a lot the older stuff was, you know, pretty much the same. But now, how much for 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 an RX? Five seventy, three hundred fifty bucks. Three hundred fifty. Come on, that's. I I mean, that it hurt. Oh. You used to be able to get those for. I think they came out at one seventy, and you could get them for as cheap as a hundred dollars at one point. Mm-hmm. The four gig cards. Yeah, that was yeah. a couple years ago. <laughs> I was well, yeah, the start of twenty twenty nine, even twenty twenty. Actually, I was seeing them pretty cheap. Very, very start of twenty twenty. Yeah, you know, so the that one uh, data scientist I've been talking to, or data cruncher, I don't know what the you know Michael Driscoll, but we've been talking a lot. But he's he, last report, he basically tracked all of the older GPUs, and all of the older cards are going up too. Like a a, a nine eighty is going for almost three hundred fifty dollars. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, home in the winter, man. Honestly, like if you're like, oh, I I got a next gen console, I guess I can just you know make do with that. You could actually sell your old graphics card by, like, I don't know, what is the, like, the cheapest one, the 1010, just so that you can run, like, basic graphics on your PC and just, like, wait this out. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm seriously considering selling my old 1080 Ti. <laughs> <laughs> I usually keep them around, and I, I try not to sell them. I give them out to people, but I still have my old 1080 Ti. I like to have, have a backup, but uh, 
I, that might sell it. Not for the crazy prices that you're seeing out there, but you know, if I can get a few hundred bucks for that thing these days. Crazy. Yikes. Uh, well, we have a, a question that, that kind of uh, falls into this a, from Master Procrastinators asking, what, what would we do in this situation? Uh, do you think it'd be better to skip this generation of GPUs if availability and prices of the new GPUs will not get any better before summer? Uh, meaning buy now into what's there or wait till new, you know, new refreshes. Uh, but maybe who knows in the, down the line, it's not going to get any better. Uh, after all that time, maybe it's better to wait for the RTX 4000, RX 7000 series. Uh, currently gaming on a 1070 on a 1440p, 144 hertz G-Sync monitor. I would make do with that 1070, personally. Uh, if you can find, like, if you do wait till summer and you find graphics cards selling for near MSRP, then I think it could still be a worthwhile upgrade to jump up to a 3070. Or AMD equivalent, 6800. Uh, I don't expect the next graphics card generation to come sooner than later because there'll be a no rush to upgrade their processes and roll out the new thing when they're still selling not only everything they can make for as much as they can possibly make right now, but the demand is so high that, like we were just saying, three or four generations old graphics cards are sold out and going for twice as much as they did at launch. So I don't expect a new graphics card generation to come out anytime soon. I actually was thinking about this on one of my walks, and I was just wondering, like, how this is all going to play out in terms of uh, timing for the next generation release. Because on the one hand, as you said they have no real um no really compelling reason to push them to stay on like what like approximately every two year cycle as they've been Mm -hmm. going right but at the same time what's going to happen when you know we finally conquer this human malware situation and people just just drop everything to go outdoors again like is that going to even things back out like i I think it's going to be very fascinating to see how that goes and yeah. if you can wait, you should wait because who knows what's going to happen with prices and the next series of launches. Yeah. Although you know, I, I kind of think though it is bad. It's horrible, but there are companies really trying to do the right thing. They are, you know, trying to sell current generation cards at MSRP. Anyway, if you can buy one directly from the vendor without the markup with all the flippers and scalpers and all the craziness, I think it's definitely worthwhile to move. I mean, it's a huge step up from a 1070 mm-hmm. to a 3070. So just maybe bide your time, you know, keep, it's like treat it like your, you know, your night job. Go out and look for a card. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, 1070 is going to do it. But I the thing that I would never do is overpay for it. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I just, I just couldn't do it. I just, that to me is, is, you know, to over, to pay whatever, a thousand dollars for a 3070. Come on. That's just. That's sweet. Honestly, with the card prices on the for the prices going up on the old cards, it almost seems like your best bet is to get on something like EVGA's list, like wait list, yeah. or like even just randomly trying for new eggs, what lotteries that they're doing now, and just like calling it a day. Just like leave it at that. Like let let fate be what it is. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what what about uh pre builts? Are are the are pre builts still even an option at this point? Uh mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna like buy a whole new computer, so you'll probably spend more than you would have spent on whatever graphics card you had targeted. 
But like I was just saying, you could get a whole Dell <clears throat> Core i5 PC with a 1660 Ti for 700 bucks, where uh, which is ridiculous. It's a good price, but it's ridiculous to spend that to effectively get a graphics card. But the graphics card themselves are going for 800 bucks. So you see, if you go it's start digging through configurations, it's a it's a deal. It's kind of like <laughs> Jensen's, the more you buy, the more you save kind of a deal, yeah. I guess. It's like, it's one of those situations where unless you have a family and you know somebody else in the family needs an upgrade, it is really hard to, I don't want to say justify, but it's hard to to stomach having to do that. Yeah, although I guess so if like if you were this person with that 1070 and you went out and bought whatever a nice step up system, you basically either sell your entire previous system which also is going to go for a decent price cuz you know it's got a decent graphics card people buying and used. And so that kind of cuts down the cost though, right? You just do a full upgrade and sell everything else or you swap the card and sell your old card in the new system and and keep your current system. That's that's still uh it still does reduce the price somewhat. Yeah, you can do that. It's just, you know, how much how much are you willing to take on to get your hands on new hardware, essentially? Yeah. I know. Rough times. There's actually it's it's a relatively new site, but it's run by legit people. Uh a site called Roguecast, R O G U E Cast dot com. Uh that sells different laptops and computer components and stuff. Every now and again, you'll see 30 series graphics cards go on there, and they're for MSRP. Like uh, CPUs are also in a crunch, and right now they have 3600s and 3800Xs. So last gen Ryzen parts for like the 3600 is 190 bucks, I think. So that's a relatively new site that's a bit under the radar. So that might be a good place to check if you're really, really scrounging. Uh, well, somebody who did score some new hardware uh, is Eek44. They uh, said they got a uh, Asus ROG Strix RTX 3090 024G. Uh, nice. I guess, I guess it's coming. Uh, Brad, uh, nice. is it worth water cooling? They want to overclock it. Uh, it is not uh, from a you know practical or functional standpoint. That card is going to be very quiet, very cool, very fast as is water cooling it. Unless you're doing it for extreme overclocking for just, you know, fun. And you want to push it as hard as it possibly, possibly can. Uh, you might consider it, but for what you're spending on that card, you're getting a, you're getting a great graphics card as is. And you won't see much practical difference if you put water cooling on it. Okay. Uh, switching over to uh, Intel GPUs, CosMC asked, at this point, it feels like XE is never coming to gaming. Does it feel like that line is just an NVIDIA MX250 slash 350 replacement? Uh, that's what this... Low-end to laptops. That's what this initial one that's coming out is, basically. Like, this is their baby steps into it. It's they actually, they call it Z, but there's actually a bunch of different lines to it. The, the ones, the architecture that we're seeing right now is called ZLP, like low power. Uh, and at least in the desktop form that they just put out. And also, I guess, in the laptop chip. It's basically for content creators who want to do more AI tasks and media encoding. Uh, I think later this year is when they plan on putting out gaming-centric graphics cards. And those are using, uh, I'm not sure how different the architecture is, but a differently named architecture, at least, called ZHPG, I believe it is. Uh, 
And so that's going to be a very different beast than what we see right now in ZLP. So what we'll have to see how it goes. This is still them using like the bare basics, uh, the baby form of their new graphics architecture and work, working out the, the ironing out the kinks and stuff like that is what they're doing. Ensuring compatibility, you know, starting slow before they ramp up to the bigger product markets. I know it's not as exciting for us to see, but I'm, I'm actually glad that they're going this route as opposed to trying to do something big and splashy and not pulling it off. Yep. You mean uh, doing the, the slow-end part? Yeah, just like as Brad was saying, just taking their time, like trying to like nail it in like certain applications and then kind of scaling out from there. Hmm. I mean, we just talked about, I mean, it's not, a de- it's not a direct one-for-one, but we just talked about, you know, Stadia and Amazon stuff kind of flopping and like i think that happens when you try too hard to make it like this big like we're going all out it's going to be amazing and you kind of set expectations in a place that just puts you in a rough spot later on remember google advertised it has better latency than a local machine and it was like what (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i agree with you elena yeah and i would i would also say that intel is also a company that has suffered major issues lately with branding because they've killed a lot of stuff. They've killed a lot of projects and I think it is a little scary to see it. So I do hope they have success with, um, XE HPG when it comes out because, you know, comp- more competition is better for consumers, but I, I don't know the, speaking to the earlier topic of what happens to other launch cycles, Let's be honest, it's crazy right now, but has NVIDIA ever been a company that has ever gotten off the gas pedal, especially when you know AMD's coming up with something, you know you got Intel? I think we may be surprised that even though it's crazy and you can't buy things now, we may push for it anyway because you don't sit around and let somebody like Intel come up and actually be a serious threat to your business. Yeah, I think whatever they wind up putting out, NVIDIA will put out the perfect thing just to try to smack it as hard as possible at that price point. They do <laughs> yep. that already with AMD, and I think they would like lose money to do that to Intel. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's why I still think that's Intel. Intel's got nothing to lose. They, they're they mm-hmm. playing with house money. They just need to come in and disrupt, every, mess up everybody. It may not have to be a 3090, but if they can come up, 30, 60 TI, 30, 70 range, and then just blow everybody out on pricing, you know, that makes a big splash. That gets you noticed, and I, that's to me is the right way to go if they can do that. They don't have to be a 3090, but they got to price it super aggressively. I don't think they even have to come up that high. Honestly, if they were just like 30, 60, or even 30, 50, but they just got some great deals and partnerships with the, like, um, like the big OEMs, like Dell and HP, like, I mean, really that's where your, your money's going to be more in scale, not necessarily like winning over Like, don't get me wrong. Enthusiasts, like we love all the stuff, but like, we're not necessarily a huge part of the market either. Yeah, but I to me the look is you know what you are the world's largest. Well, I don't even know if they are anymore. World's largest graphics your chip company. You've been around. You've got all this cachet. You've got all the cash. There's nothing like having Jensen come out and just make fun of like, man, yeah, I got that 3060 Ti that whoops it. You know, like so I'm talking about 3070 or 3080 or 3090. 
right? He can just, you know, they can be savage. And, you know, I, I think they got to at least be competitive enough. To, you know, if you really had 30, 60 to 30, 70-ish range, then that's that's real performance. 30, dis- like if you aim disagree. way too low. I don't disagree, but in terms of what would excite people who are watching this versus what is going to excite people uh, who pay attention to, uh, like, actual like business decisions like i think it's very different i i just know that if they put out radeon rx 570 performance for 200 dollars, i'd be very happy with today's prices <laughs> yeah i so i mean i understand that that's this is where we're at <laughs> but you would be but you know what everybody would just laugh i mean yeah, everybody yeah, i know I everybody from here to timbuk i know but it's just i mean that's the thing it would serve a real market you know, and there's actually legitimately a lot of people who would welcome the pricing and performance, but it's like really all this for a five sixty? Like that would be to me that would be the most horrible look ever, right? You might as well just not have even come out with it or do this thing like they did with these XE parts. It's like, yeah, let's just ship these out the back door, you know? I actually have a Z LP laptop in right now that I'm testing, so hopefully I'll be able to talk more knowledgeably about what it can and can't do soon. Nice. Spoilers. Uh, well, before we move on, I realized uh, we got a couple super chats that I did not address. I'm so sorry. Uh, J.W. Dickinson gave us $2 at the top of the show, said, attention, bananas. That is all. Uh, thank <laughs> you. Uh, and Eek44 gave us 45 Danish krone. Thank you so much. And said, Q&A, save the day. Yes, <laughs> I, I like that. It rhymes. Uh, I'll say I, I got a, a couple good questions in from the chat. Once again, if you if you have some questions you want to be answered right now, uh, put put them in the chat and uh, and at uh, PC World so I can be sure to see it. Um, a couple ones that just came in. Uh, uh, Vasikos um, said, uh, "When will the next DisplayPort version come out? Will HDMI 2.1 be the only option for higher resolutions and frame rates?" There was supposed to be I forget the exact number. DisplayPort a new DisplayPort generation uh, by the end of last year, I think. But and definitely by the beginning of this year, but they just put out a statement uh, around CES. So last month that obviously, you know, human malware uh, caused issues with the timing of all that. And we can expect to see next gen display port monitors and TV, not TVs, monitors later this year, assuming no further bumps in the road. Okay. Wait, I, I got a question. I just want to get this in there before I forget. It's from a former coworker of mine. 1440p widescreen, 120 hertz panel. He has a 1080 Ti right now. System blew up, so he's going to replace everything, everything underneath. And he wants to know Ryzen versus Intel. I told him Ryzen is better, but yeah, good luck finding it. So he's looking at uh, 10700K on either a Z590 board, which the one he first candidate he sent was like $400. Like, man, that seems pricey. And the thinking one, second one was a Z490. Um, he would like a 3070, but he figures the 1080 Ti is going to work for him for now. But any opinions? Do you think that makes sense? 10700K, do you think too high in that motherboard, too low? That's that's perfect, I think. I think that'd be perfect for an ultra-wide thing. Uh, the motherboard, it depends that's the right chipset, I would say. The actual motherboard itself, you know, prices and features vary greatly, and it depends on what you need. But yeah, the rest of that sounds good. Ten seven hundred K would be great for ultra wide gaming. 
1080 Ti still does pretty good for ultra wide gaming, and eventually a 3070 would do that much better. That all makes sense to me. Yeah, I was quite surprised that 10700K is eight cores and three hundred and forty dollars. I think so. Not bad. And you can get it. <laughs> yeah, and you can get them all day. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Ten eighty. Oh, I don't have. I have 1080, but not 1080 Ti ultra wide. So I was about to try to help, but never mind. It's a big jump, though. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of performance. Unless you can mm-hmm. get that 3070. Yeah, 3070 is a, a nice. Oh, it's yeah. worth it though. Yeah, if you can get it, it's just yeah. So uh, we got a couple questions from uh, Addy Sudekti. Uh, Sudekti. Um, it looks like they're targeting a 3070 mainly for rendering and video production, but they were recently offered a 2080 Ti 11 gig for around the same price. Like, would should they pick up the 2080 Ti right now or wait for a 3070 mainly used for rendering and video production? I would definitely get the 2080 Ti. Uh, Gameplay-wise, they are pretty equal, the 3070 and the 2080 Ti. The 3070 will go ahead in some scenarios by a little bit more, but in general, they're pretty even. And that extra memory capacity in the 2080 Ti will make a difference for rendering rendering video, depending on your workload. It has an extra 3 gigs. It has 11 gigs of RAM, like you said, whereas the 3070 has 8 gigs of RAM. So for me, I would, in your situation, probably take a 2080 Ti. So the the only caveat is that it's it's used. Their follow up question is: uh, Is there any performance degradation degradation on buying a used GPU? Uh, if yes, how much of it uh, how much of it impacts the actual performance uh, of the card? I'm always wary buying used because for me, I think we've had this talk a long time ago. Uh, used parts, anything that has moving parts, I'm a little more wary about. So, like, an SSD, I don't mind buying you so much, but a graphics card has things that move inside of it. So that makes me a little bit more hesitant. And GPUs can are very sensitive to, like, if you pump a lot of power and voltage into it, it can reduce the lifetime. So if you know the person and you know what it was used for, you know it was fairly normal workloads, I wouldn't be too hesitant about it in today's market because everything is so crazy. Uh... But if there's any concerns about it have being used for mining or something like that, I would be more hesitant to buy it. Although I don't think 2080 Ti's were heavy mining cards, so because they were so yeah. expensive to put out for. Yeah, but people who bought them, a lot of them still use them because they already had them anyway. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, we just got in a question. Uh, I, w- I want to jump to this one uh, i haven't even read the question but it's from banditone one i uh, saw the beginning says hi always see your streams awesome said uh, my very first question ask ever so i wanted to Woo-hoo. get that in there is there a specific site to see detailed 3d settings for nvidia cards for games uh, i want to get the best out of my rtx 2080s uh, 2080 super for gaming and any sites you would recommend if uh if you are, I, I normally fiddle with these things myself, using a frame counter and stuff. But if you are playing a high profile game, often if you just search like Watchdogs Legion's performance optimizations, you'll find plenty of benchmark space things to look. But I'm not sure if they include specific graphics 
optimization guides but in general whenever you're looking for nitty gritty pc stuff like that i highly recommend a site called the pc gaming wiki it's an amazing resource that can help you with mods it can help you with getting things working in widescreen it can help you with all the nitty gritty things that you might have questions about uh that would be the first place i would look i don't know if they actually have in-depth performance per game thing off the top of my head Okay, cool. NVIDIA, actually, if it's an NVIDIA-optimized title, too, they actually tend to have pretty great guides for all the new games that come out, mm-hmm. like that show you you never slider to see what each setting does at each level and stuff. Yeah, and once again, if it's a high-profile game, Digital Foundry is always my go-to for, like, uh, mm-hmm. I, I love hearing them, like, break down all the, the different setting options, and they usually have recommended settings and things like that per game. Uh, so yeah, thanks for getting your question in. Uh, Steelskin six six seven says, speaking of integrated graphics, do you think AMD has new desktop APUs in the pipeline for the DIY market? Yes. Say that again. Oh yeah. Uh, Renoir for the uh, for the DIY market essentially. Yeah, probably. I mean, are they talking about the four thousand series APUs that were? have been out on pre-built type situations and kind of got, I mean, that, I mean, I think it was on one of our interview shows where it was, uh, they, they didn't commit, but they said that the, we, that there's, they have plans for the DIY community. So my guess is that there's a lot going on with production and it's probably in the pipeline. They just haven't gotten to it yet. Cause there are other things that are more pressing in the queue. I mean, I'm looking forward to a 4700G at some point. Okay. Yeah. Any any guess on on when 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 we think? I have, honestly, for given how things are going, my guess would be fall, the earliest. Yeah, they're not going to spend a lot of money on lower end parts when they're selling the higher end parts. You know, hand over fist. I mean, yeah. you can't even get even the 3000 series APUs right now anyway. So, I mean, they're pl- like with like, with everything else, everything's selling through. So not as much uh, pressure to get out the new stuff. Yeah. And, you know, they're always, as Brad said, they're always lower in price. So it's not, you're not going to see the newest thing in the, in those chips. Stupid business. <laughs> Making money, paying those investors for their yeah. stock. Keeping the lights on. <laughs> All right. I uh, got a couple more serious ones and then uh, a couple more fun ones. Um, Soul EST asked, uh, what are your thoughts on ARM hardware getting more and more capable with further ISA work, custom designs, and amazing hardware acceleration. With Qualcomm buying Nuvia, Linux mainline, and BSD getting more support, Microsoft actually trying and Apple continuing their path. Exciting times are ahead. Sure. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I think it's one of the things I can look. I mean, of course it's me, my opinion, you probably always think I like dumping on arm all day. Cause I probably dumped on arm for like 15 years. It's not that I dump on arm. It's just, I've dumped on everything I've ever seen performance wise that compares to what we have on desktop and, and mobile. If you could, and this is the thing, if you could make an arm part that outperformed and was lower cost than what we have, then everybody should embrace it. It also has to run everything we have. 
that I think is going to be the problem is are we really we have for the PC and Windows decades of x86 that's that's basically baked into the DNA do I believe that arm is going to immediately turn a switch and run everything as well as every as decades and decades of development on x86 is going to happen I I frankly doubt it I don't that doesn't mean I don't want to see it I would love to see it but would I ever recommend anybody buy an arm based Windows device over an x86 Windows device no never unless you need crazy amounts of battery life except for that one out of 99 times but you know it is good competition is good for everybody i mean again uh, what apple's done with the m1 should be embraced that's that's good good for everybody so we just need to see it doesn't help the pc frankly because m1 is locked to uh, mac os so it doesn't really make any change to our world but if you actually had awesome arm parts that took over pc it still doesn't really PC does not mean x86, right? It doesn't mean x86. It just simply means open architecture, everybody, you know, I mean, there's just all kinds of things. So yeah, I think it'd be great. Do I think it's going to happen in a manner that somebody running some ancient application is, I, I, I highly doubt it. I don't think the money's there, but we'll see. It would be great if it was. I think, I think, competition is good as you said that's that's my key takeaway from all this stuff i like seeing the all of a sudden it seems like there's a lot of interest in arm chips and i like that i like you know like we're saying intel would be great coming into graphics cards to keep amd and nvidia on their toes arm coming in will keep intel and amd on their toes like more is better uh it has a long way to go on windows pcs like qualcomm buying nuvia nvidia buying arm itself like those probably have more to do with, you know, server chips and, you know, home internet, like smart home stuff uh, before it catches up to speed on the Windows side of things. But eventually, hopefully it'd be great if we do have, you know, ARM chips that work great and last forever alongside XA chips that work great and last forever and they each have pluses and weaknesses. That'd be great. So I do think ARM is on the upswing but it's still a ways to go for PC users. Yeah. I think our problem, the, the arms problem on the PC ecosystem is it's that classic thing. It's all about, it's all about, you know, openness. It's, it's all about legacy, right? PC respects legacy. Legacy is what makes the PC strong. It also is one of those things that makes the PC suck, right? Because you can't just simply kill things off. Like some companies have no problems doing so. I don't know how ARM fits into that equation. I don't think it makes the math really adds up for that to happen immediately. But, hey, yeah, please try. By some companies, you meant Google, right? No, I'm, oh, just, more. Kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I know you meant Apple and M1. Because, yeah. I mean, Apple, the, one of the the magics that they, they've done with M1 is like, hey, we own everything, top to bottom, infrastructure, software, everything. That's the magic of, of the Apple. Being on, being on Apple Island is they control everything. And that is not how the PC works. That is not how the PC works. People scream if they can't run something from 18 years ago that they bought for 18.99 and came on a CD-ROM, right? So, I don't know. All right, I'm laughing because that is one of my family members right there, like <laughs> verbatim. They break out the. You no, know, I'm going to really date myself. The six feet of <laughs> CDs, right? Six feet. You'd go into. Well, God, what was it? It was. It wasn't Newegg. 
it was was it egg.com I don't nobody even knows what I'm talking about. There used to be this retail store. It had an egg, and they would have the display. They would have six feet of CD-ROMs. It was just oh, I know what you're egghead, what egghead software. Egghead. It was egghead software, but they'd have this like flip-out thing, and it would be six feet of CDs with like shareware images, uh, free fonts, all kinds of stuff that basically now you would complain about if they installed it on your new PC. <laughs> but you would pay for it back then to get it on a CD. So yeah, those pokes. Mhm. Yeah, I I've had to do tech support with that. Where they're like, "So you got my you got my PC, my new PC all set up. That's great. Uh, can you put these programs on there?" Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh... That's that's why I point everybody I know towards Chromebooks. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Until Google stops supporting Chrome OS. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a whole other rabbit hole. That was a crazy thing about them buying that. Um, what's that one that you put on? So you have your Chromebook that's been abandoned. You put that other yeah. OS on it. What is Never it called? Ready? Never yeah. Ready. So, yeah, you got Never Ready. Chromebooks are safe. You can run Never Ready. And then the Google bought Never Ready. It's like, so I have a Chromebook that is perfectly fine. Ivory Bridge. Google abandoned it. So the only way to make that Chromebook function is to install NeverReady, right? <laughs> Which Google now Google installed. Why don't you just continue to support Chrome OS on a fully capable laptop, Google? But Well, I mean, part of, I think part of the reason why they bought them was because, like, you could put that on old laptops. Like, that was their thing, right? Where it's like, this is hardware that didn't even originally launch as Chromebooks. So now you can convert it to a Chromebook. And I, I, I saw that news and, like, part of me is like, yes. And part of me is like, oh, no. Because <laughs> it's like, I mean, having official Chrome OS that you can just put on an old laptop is a great, like, would be a great thing to have. But then the oh, no part is, like, everything we talked about in regards to Google Reader and, like, Stadia's internal team getting let go and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I heard that news. I was like, no. Most places that they have it, here's everything that died for Google services this year feature. It's just like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's going to be terrible oh, when no. they kill it. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, all right. Uh, last serious question uh, over on our Discord. Uh, no Cloud had asked, uh, industry experts are advising Intel to outsource fabrication where there is zero capacity. Do you agree with this strategy? What is more important to you, availability or process? Good products. Wherever they can make good competitive products is where they should make good competitive products, is my opinion in the short term. Uh, I think in the long term, them doing stuff in-house remains a competitive advantage for them. And if they can get their ducks in order, that'd be good for them to bring that back in. So then we won't have... Like if you Look at you can't buy anything right now because of this big log jam at TSMC. Do we really want to add all of Intel's chips on top of that? No, we need more than one source of, of you know, fab in the, in the in the world. Yeah, I I will say with the caveat, I'm not a business reporter. I'm I'm not a fab head. I don't follow them all that minutia. But I've been told many many times by people way smarter than me that Intel is a fab company that happens to make CPUs to sell to people. Intel without fabs is not Intel in a lot of ways. It just doesn't feel right. It's like a, it's like a front engine Porsche. And I do think you, at that point, you do question 
what Intel is if they don't really have those fabs working. So hopefully they get them working. I think if I were Intel, I mean, I just sort of think tactically, yeah, you know what? We're going to buy all this capacity from TSMC because we need it. And oh, by the way, that happens to hurt everybody else, right? Because TSMC can only feed so many, you know, wafers in and so many out. So, you know, we get our stuff. They maybe get fewer of their things, stops the bleeding, but they really, I really feel like Intel, they have to, they got to get those fabs in order. They got to get those fabs in order. Yeah. I don't think TSMC is as dumb as people seemingly think they are. Like, I think Intel's plan, they've said it outright. We want our stuff built in-house on whatever nanometer they said in 2023. So this is like a short-term fix. They're looking to be doing all that stuff. I don't think TSMC is going to start turning away their long-term customers just to make Intel happy in the short term. No, So, but, uh, but they're still going to, you know, you're still going to take, you know what? You're going to take money. You're going to take money, right? So yes. Yeah. And I think either if you're buying future capacity, it's up. You put them out for bid. If you you're gonna take, you're gonna use. They serve shareholders too, right? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you're right. I I I think that is the right thing. I just think because what you often hear on the internet is people saying, you know what, they need to stop. This is it's going nowhere. They need to just outsource everything. Which I, you know, you spent tens of billions of dollars. I don't know how many untold billions of dollars in all these fabs. Do you think you're just going to just suddenly give up on it all? I don't, I don't think that's right. And that's, and that's what I'm really speaking to is like people sort of like, Oh, just stop. Right. And it's just like, no, you can't. And, and a lot of the times you see advice like this, like Intel should become fabless or whatever. Uh, that's coming from business reporters who are looking at margins and short-term results and stuff like that, which are very different from people like us who are interested in the long-term success of a company and pushing innovation and stuff like that. So whenever you see headlines on that, keep that in mind. You're looking at people who are trying to say Intel should do this so they could maximize profits over the next three quarters, not necessarily so Intel's in the best position five years from now. Yeah. Because they, you know, it's a standard issue. We only look a few quarters out profits. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. Hmm. Uh, Can I just are, insert something real quick? Yeah, go for it. So uh, my brain's a little scrambled this morning. Didn't have uh, quite what I needed to wake up properly. It is cloud ready, made by Neverwhere. I was like, something sounds so wrong about this word. I don't know what's <laughs> happening in my brain. <laughs> oh, I just installed the Never EOS. I know. Wait, that I'm sorry, I am sorry, Neverwhere. My brain is not awake right now. Uh, I don't. I don't know, boss. This seems like a really bad, bad branding. It's uh, we're it's our ROS literally called Never Ready. But see, even then, like the the name Neverwhere is a little hard on my brain. So. Well, look, mm-hmm. we had we had these other candidates. We had just poop, <laughs> and then just terrible. <laughs> and the leftover OS, uh, seem like never ready's just. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, never. Who's were. picking these names for us? Me. No, I just. <laughs> why you should never have me name anything, including. Children. Well, uh, no, it could be also they put it out for like. Well, we had a poll, and that's what the internet wanted us to call it. <laughs> software like software face. Uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we got a couple uh, a couple fun ones to to wrap up. Eek forty four just gave us uh, forty five more Danish krone. Thank you so much. Said uh, caviar on a biscuit and a sandwich with grilled cheese uh, is what they're having for lunch. What are you having for lunch? Do they mean biscuit like the U.S. use of biscuit, or do they mean biscuit like British biscuits? Because that's very different. There's, is there a difference between a biscuit and a biscuit? 
Yeah, so in the U.S., a biscuit is like what you get from like I don't know KFC. What they make yeah, biscuits and gravy. Yeah, in mm. in Britain, it means a cookie. That's what I had in my head when I heard that question. <laughs> like a caviar on a British biscuit. Like a that's what because if you put caviar on a like a southern style biscuit, that's a yeah. little wild. Well, they're I giving Danish crone. So. I actually think it's more wild if it was on a cookie. Like, why would you put <laughs> caviar on a cookie? Mm. Well, but, well but, sweet and salty. Also, like they don't have to be that sweet to be a mm-hmm. a biscuit in the in Europe, right? Oh, okay. Like, I don't, I don't think it. Like a cookie here is definitely different than a cookie there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I already but... had lunch because I'm on the East Coast. I'm in the future oh. compared to these people, and oh. I had Captain Crunch. <laughs> 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 I'm at that stage of the stay-at-home order. I'm like, oh, geez, I'm just going to eat some Captain Crunch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just cut up your mouth, man. <laughs> Doing it to feel something. <laughs> I'm having a Costco salad, which I need to eat. I had it this weekend, and I sloughed off yesterday, so I need to eat that today. Nice. We got, we got people in the chat saying, uh, yeah, caviar on a cookie is, is not weird. Uh, yeah. Cookie it's or biscuit? Vessel. I'm sorry, vessel on, a, on a biscuit. Okay, on a, if it was on a cracker, like, I understand that, like, a, like a, just one of those, like, what are those called? Not the saltwater crackers. Maybe they're saltwater crackers. Ritz? S- saltines? Triscuits? Not, no, not saltines. I think there maybe are called saltwater crackers. So, like, the, the round ones that are kind of super thin and very crunchy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but yeah, like yeah. when you say biscuit, I instantly think cookie, and then when I think cookie, I think chocolate chip cookie, and my brain's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> aren't aren't biscuits not sweet? I mean, by definition, or is that I don't understand. I don't. I don't. I think that's American by definition. Uh, oh, okay. Actually, we we have somebody in the chat saying um, uh, biscuits are not usually like cookies; they are more like hard bread, often with salt. But yeah, it's okay. more like a cracker than a cookie. More like a cracker. Okay. Okay. Right. It's like they what you get in, in Denmark is the Ada a, 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 okay. a is what who's. Okay, that makes more sense now. Sorry, we yeah. took like five minutes I, for me. I wish I had that this. for lunch. That sounds really good for lunch. I love caviar. <laughs> uh, okay, and actually, you know what? We uh, I'm going to go back to one more serious one. Q God. The question God just uh, came down and said they had uh, their first question ever for the chat. Said, "What is their th- what, uh, what is our thoughts on a data on switching controllers on their NVMe NVMe drives without telling customers?" Oh, is that the the whole debacle over like the eight hundred two drive? Mm-hmm. I forget which one. I think. Yeah, it's it's, it's common for them to switch out internal things like that. Like that happens in SSDs, especially because SSD lines tend to last years and years at this point. Like the Samsung 860 Evo was around for three or four years. Uh, but you can't do it. You can't change components that materially make performance worse. If you want to keep it the same or make it better, you know, that's, that does happen. That's not necessarily ideal. Ideally, you'd put a revision number or a letter or something on there, but it's fine enough. But switching out the parts stealthily and nuking performance is not cool. Yeah, that's clearly a mistake. No, that was that was a mistake, especially because the expected norm is it doesn't those things don't change like that. So yeah, they should have appended it with a different model number or just yes. something. Yes. Put a B on the end. What was your official <laughs> you, know, you know, the funny thing is this sort of brings up like when you get OEM versions of stuff, 
you know, OEM version might actually have the same model name as it, but oftentimes will vary in components and performance, those kind of things. So I'm not sure what they were doing, but to change the retail part so drastically was clearly a mistake. Okay, uh, we, we got $5 from front of the show, Matthew Lang. Uh, happy birthday. Uh, said, uh, where is Gordon today? Uh, also, they're wondering where you get all your awesome backgrounds, like the one with the airplane uh, flying through the sky. Gordon. Oh, yeah, you know, just uh, just playing YouTube in the background. This is, I'm at the office. <laughs> there's uh, Not our office. <laughs> or Wait, the so office. <laughs> See, there's a helicopter there, outside. There's a reference like obviously that's a reference and I don't know because I don't understand why like there's that corner of it that is. Oh not no, the corner matching. is just his green screen. Probably yeah. I probably <laughs> just yeah. I probably tilted the camera. Oh wait, there, there we go. go. <laughs> See, now, now it's all better. <laughs> all right. Well, my, that answers my question. <laughs> I'm just working nights at the office right now. It's a good. It's a. It's an up and coming technology company. We got a lot of AI contracts. Uh, we just had a meeting with the owner who just said we just signed a big deal with the United States government. We're going to be <laughs> using a lot of defense contracts, a lot of stuff. I can't tell you what we're doing. It's really, they're super secret. They got this thing in a vault locked up. You, they won't let me see it. Let me tell you, it's it's going places, going places. You probably, you probably shouldn't be wearing the company shirt then, dude. No, it's fine. <laughs> You're going to be seeing this. You're going to see this everywhere. This is a brand... We're going to be bigger than Google and Microsoft and Amazon. You are going to be like, whoa, they make that awesome AI stuff. Ooh, impressive. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm going to drop something. Probably going to be coming out news. I understand we're going to be the uh, the OSUs on the B-1 bomber. <laughs> and the, the, the new B-2 Stealth are coming out. They're actually replacing the B-2 already. We're going to be used on that. It's just... Ugh. Next generation stuff, you've never seen technology like the company I'm at right now. Just nothing. It's like like it's from the future kind of craziness. You wouldn't believe it. So you're talking about Boston Dynamics, right? <laughs> no. I stole that from uh, somebody in the chat, Ricardo. Boston. <laughs> somebody, Ricardo, in the chat. That was a very funny joke. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, why even build a dog? It just feels like, I don't know. So then you can eventually put a Gatling gun on it. It just seems like if you're going to actually... Wait, how did we get there? Actually, you're... No, no, because, I mean, those robots, those are the robots of the future. And all you need yeah. to do is strap some uh, some ammunition on them, and they're war oh robots. Oh, my God, it's, it's Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> the scene that... Yes, the, yes. So just to, to honestly answer the person who asked the question, that's the scene from Terminator 2, and in that scene, they, he, like, kicks out the window and shoots the helicopters and everything with the Gatling gun. So it tied into the reference oh, okay. that Gordon has yeah, in the background. I, my pop culture knowledge is... <laughs> terrible it's a good movie great movie uh all right uh yes i did answer that okay let me do go back get, do you get my message from twitch no uh, what's going okay. on, on twitch we got questions from twitch i don't know if you want to grab one of them do, do, you got it handy go go ahead i put it in slack oh. for you uh let me uh well while i get that uh audi kid had asked uh what games are we playing right now what's what's everybody playing uh, right started, now? Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I started playing Red Dead Online uh, with my friends. Wow. 
I was not expecting the skinning part to be quite so violent in some <laughs> situations. Like, like I was watching my buddy, and he like is holding a rabbit, and it was just like poof, and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always a good one. They do a good job of making it feel like I haven't played it, but I've watched some excellent videos and stuff but it seems like they do a good job of uh making it feel like mechanical like part of actually like living out on the frontier kind of a deal it's really interesting having uh so i i've been playing with my friends and uh you know leif johnson who's been on the show before uh he actually was like a rancher like cowboy when he was uh, younger um and it's interesting getting his opinion as we're playing he's like that's not how it works or but <laughs> it's like oh okay and his accent because he's from texas gets like more pronounced as we play it's it's a really fun game to play with uh friends like i don't know if i would necessarily play this on my own but it is definitely good for like just hanging out conversation <laughs> asking why your friend just knocked you off your horse again nice. <laughs> i've been playing more cyberpunk i still haven't finished it yet uh, I've been playing a lot of Among Us with the kids. Uh, I've been trying to... The, the embargo went up. I still haven't finished it yet. But a game called Tohu that's like an old school style uh, adventure game. It's actually pretty awesome. Uh, I'm hoping to do a review of that sometime soon. But yeah, that's what I've been That's what I've been playing recently. Nice. Cyberpunk is huge. And now that the review... I, I ended up playing like a ridiculous amount over the course of a weekend to get the initial impressions up, but now I'm just taking my time with it, like running around doing a photo mode and stuff like that. Cause that's when I play games, I do it more to relax. So I like just cruising around, listening to the radio and stuff. Nice. Gordon. Gordon's playing world of warships. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still playing that <laughs> psychological testing there. <laughs> Actually, it's been interesting. Cause they, you know, I think, company that makes the game just likes to change everything because they just want to always go forward and it makes everybody angry but it changes it changes the dynamic of everything it's like they have to con continually stir the pot so now everything has changed again so now everybody's starting over in a lot of ways it's you know it's different better worse it's you know i need a new game i just don't know what to play i thought you were a battlefield person too yeah you know actually I'm looking forward to the next Battlefield. Actually, because I was thinking, you know, I'm just going to install Battlefield 3 or Battlefield 4 and go back to playing Battlefield. But when they do the next version of Battlefield, I'll be all over that, I think. Because I am looking forward to just living there instead. At least I know what to expect in Battlefield, so. Nice. Uh, well, uh, back to the, the Twitch question. Uh, it's a serious one. Uh, Vandalize says, uh, how we doing? Hope we're all fine amidst the Corona crisis. Uh, and ask, uh, what do you guys reckon uh, when the new GPUs will be in stock anytime soon? If if they'll be anytime soon? Nope. <laughs> nope. No, no, not going to try. Sign up for those uh, different sites that have stock trackers and stuff like that. Like, try that, but don't get your hopes up. Like we were talking about earlier on the show, even two, three generation old cards are going for twice what they launched at so that just indicates how much demand that is it's going to be very hard for the next several months i think to get one uh I, somebody I just think... 
Oh, go ahead. Also, somebody in Discord, uh, Ozo Rojo, just said that Linus Tech Tips news channel TechLinked reported that stock shortages may last until July. Yeah, I would yeah. say summer myself. Just it, just the way things are going, I don't think we're going to really see much relief until summer. So so far, AMD, Nvidia, and Microsoft for the Xbox have said they expect shortages to last through the first half. So, I was going to be overly optimistic and say a quarter. So. You know, three months from now. Your best chance, probably, if you're looking to get a graphics card, is whenever sometime later this month the 3060 is coming out. Uh, they're going to disappear immediately, like they have for every other launch. Whatever day they're supposed to come out, I'm not under embargo, so I'm going to say this right now. Typically, NVIDIA cards launch from embargo and hit the street at 9 a.m. Eastern. It's the same thing with AMD cards. Typically on launch days, they hit at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. I would go out there and just have a bunch of graphics card pages loaded at various retailers and just jam F5 on whatever day that winds up getting released. (laughs) You know what I'll say is I'm very surprised is uh, 30 series laptops. They're still around. Oh, there's tons of them. Like there's, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at Newegg right now and... Unlike the graphics cards that immediately vaporized the day they came out, there are at least 15, maybe 20 add to your cart right now. 30 series laptops. They are very, very expensive though. It's yeah, interesting the, that they go ahead. I did a piece about ones you could buy right now last week. Uh, the cheapest one I think was 1800 bucks, but today 3060 laptops launched. So you might be able to find cheaper ones. Yeah, I'm seeing a um, 3060 Stealth 15M. That's oh, hmm. it's the one with the Tiger Lake in it, Tiger Lake H35, and uh, it's fifteen hundred dollars with a 3060. That's oh wait, actually releases and you can you can pre-order that one, but you could a lot of these are about seventeen to sixteen hundred dollars, and then I've noticed some of them are really like whoa, some of these are like forty five hundred dollars, which is like Apple pricing. I was like, what the hell? Why are they so expensive? But they were like, you know what? They, I've never seen these configurations before, but like an MSI GS66 Stealth, you know, uh, 1870H, 8-core, 64 gigs of RAM, two 4-terabyte SSDs, 45. And I saw one the other day had two 8-gig SSDs in it, you know, just kind of like, you know what? We're just going to, if you really want like maxed out, you're going to, they've really maxed them out, it feels like. Not 8-gig, 8-terabyte, you mean, right? Yeah. yeah, eight terabyte, eight two two <laughs> eight terabyte eight SSDs. SSDs you, you might be getting. With, they're scrimping. Yeah, with it being so hard to buy desktops, I think that's a really smart move by laptop makers. Yeah, well, and they're so you know there's there's a certain one way you can keep it in stock and and lower demand is to raise the prices. So I was and really hoping that, to see cheaper thirty sixty laptops. If you're saying they're like fifteen hundred bucks, because when Nvidia announced them, they said they're going to be starting at a thousand, and all the ones you can buy and like buy and get right now are the older tenth gen core laptop parts. So I was really hoping we'd see more more parts down around that thousand twelve hundred dollar price point. I'm going to yeah. do some looking after we get off of here, but yeah, I think because you know when you get away from non stealth, that that stealth you know fifteen M is a very light. Very small yeah. laptop. I think you'll get down to that price. So mm-hmm. it is interesting that it doesn't seem like laptops have had have suffered the same swings as desktops. I'm not surprised, honestly, though. I mean, that's 
that's a lot of buy-in. Like, I yeah. think a lot of people who are looking for graphics cards probably already have a gaming system and they just want to upgrade the card. And then, so like, what did you say? It was like $1,800 for a 3060 Ti laptop. Like, at that price, you might as well just pay a scalper, honestly. Like, because for the amount of performance you would get, like, I could see why some people would still choose to pay either a scalper price or just not get anything, period, because you're you're not really going to benefit from all the other things that we normally would promote when it comes to a gaming laptop. Like, where are you going to take it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're, you're not traveling on planes, really. You're not going to class, really. You're not, you know, you're not out and about. So it, it kind of makes a sense to me why they why they're not selling nearly as fast. I wouldn't pay a scalper though. I mean, to me, that's I, mean, I just... wouldn't either, but I could see someone making that mental math, right? Where it's like, well, if I'm going to pay $1,800, that gets me into like 3080 scalper territory. Like, why would I, why would I get the performance of a 3080? And because uh, like laptop 3060 TI is already probably like stepped down. From they don't have, they have 3070s yeah. and 3060s. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know. I thought I wasn't quite. Um, They're definitely step down though. There's yeah. there's a major step down in performance, but I, I do also think because uh, I just wrote this whole like desktop versus laptop, and you know what, <laughs> you're not really going anywhere. And you know most people don't want to carry a five pound gaming laptop around, but I sort of think it is attractive to think like you know what, I don't have to be chained to my desk or you know coffee table, and I can go into the backyard, I can go into the kitchen. I can go in the garage. So that actually has, could be attractive, I think. And then you're Especially not if you're being, starting from scratch. And you're starting from scratch and you are not being ripped off because, you know, clearly paying, you know, $1,200, you know, for 3080 is being ripped off. If you're paying $1,600 for a 3060, yeah, a 3080 desktop will whoop that laptop's butt, but you're getting a whole system, you're getting a laptop, and you can move around with it. So maybe that's yeah, worth the trade off. I'm not saying that your the advantages are not there. I'm just saying yeah. I could see somebody going, well, <laughs> it all sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last question. We'll get out of here. Um, this is an interesting one. Uh, Ziv asked, uh, what's your hot beverage of choice? Coffee. Hi. Yeah, coffee. My kids, my kids love hot cocoa. My wife loves tea. I pretty much only drink uh, water, coffee black, diet Pepsi, or beer. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only hot drink that I drink. A hard choice for me. <laughs> really? Yeah, I like tea, and I like hot chocolate, and I like hot cider. I don't know if I could really pick just one. Do you want a weirdo entry for me? That's not my favorite, but it's I'll have it every now and again. I like to drink straight chicken broth. I like heat up some chicken broth. Yeah. You drink it. Oh, it's so good. I got that no. from Raymond Noodles. <laughs> I don't think that's weird at all. I was actually going to say, are we, are we counting savory stuff in there too? Because I do think that like broth and bone broths are pretty great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I've been doing the bone broth thing too because it just sounded appealing. But I'm kind of like after about a three weeks of it, like, ah, just go back to something else. So yeah, it's supposed to be so good for your skin though. <laughs> Is it? All that skin that's shown. You need to keep it healthy, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, actually I was trying to think, I don't, I actually don't think I drink anything hot. What? Yeah. 
I even drink cold coffee. Like I, I don't, I can't Whoa. think of anything hot. No soups or anything either. I mean, I'll, I'll have a soup, like a tomato soup. I guess is probably my favorite soup. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess it's pho, like you know, mm. I don't know. I mean, like I don't think any of them might be like, oh man, I, like I love this hot liquid. Uh, yeah. And it's only that's not really a drink either. It just happens to have something left at the end. Yeah. You don't drink hot. So in the morning, you just basically so, you, you you grab your pitcher of coffee from the the day before and just pour <laughs> that into your. Uh, no, actually, I, I make I make uh, Lindsay uh, French press coffee every morning, and then whatever she doesn't drink, I I pour into a, a big craft that I have in the the fridge. So I I then I I drink the cold coffee the next day. So we both get coffee the way we like it. <laughs> it works there out. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute! Didn't you drink coffee at CES in the morning? No. I mean, yeah, but that's that's like, <laughs> that's like I'm not, not going to make. <laughs> I'm not going to. Yeah, like a CES man, <laughs> you can you get what do. you drink. What you can you get. Make do. <laughs> Cliff bars and cheap coffee. <laughs> exactly. Was that Folgers coffee or MJB? We, we, no, we did get Folgers. Yeah. Oh, is yeah, that the, the the gigantic tub of Folgers in your? I don't think we got a big one. I think we got Airbnb. a small no, one. No, your Airbnb had like. A... Oh, you're right. You're right. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. In and the then plastic tub. Gordon yeah. was talking about U-Ban. Uh, yeah, U-Ban. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like, well, I look, look, let me tell you, you don't like my name, Never Ready for the OS? <laughs> I came up with the name of U-Ban for coffee. It's like, what, U-Ban? No, nobody would name coffee U-Ban. What, what is that? <laughs> Back to hot drinks, actually, like, uh, I grew up drinking Cafe Con Leche because I grew up in Tampa. Florida, which has a big Cuban section. And I actually like to make like a cheap, cheap version of that where you microwave the milk and you put Folgers in it. So wait, wait, what is that to begin with? I don't know all the different coffees. Uh, what goes in it? It's very milk heavy coffee. That's warmed up. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah. It's very good. I, I love it. It's, it's sweet. It's a very good drink. Uh, I just have the ripoff version sometime, like I just said. So I don't know what I don't remember. That was twenty years ago when I used to drink it down in Florida. So that sounds like liquid coffee ice cream. Yeah, it's good. It's 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 really good. Even the ripoff version, just microwaving some milk, putting some sugar and stuff in there, putting some Folgers crystals in there. I dig it. Nice, nice. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's it for our our QA extravaganza. I mean, uh, yeah, we should get out here. I want to get some. Might have taken a while. Yeah, no, lots of good questions, lots of lots of first timers too. That that that's super fun to see. Uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, maybe news will pick back up next week and we'll have some some meaty topics to talk about. But, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully some some positive news. Yeah, can only hope. <laughs> it's got to get better. It's I mean you know. Oh, one more super chat. We did. Oh, not uh-huh. popping up on mine. Oh, there it is. Uh, uh, Frank PDX twenty or forty two gives five dollars. Thank you. Oh, last question. New question. Uh, <laughs> Adam, how did you move from a photography centric work to working the verticals and horizontals? Uh, actually, it was it was backwards. Um, I actually started in audio, then I moved to video, then I moved to photography. So uh, I I learned I learned video before I learned photography. Uh, so yeah, modern day Renaissance man. You know, it, it all it all just blended together. It's uh, I I don't want to bore you with the details, but yeah, it's like one one thing led to another, and it, it just totally made sense uh, to go down that path. So it it all 
it all in my mind plays hand in hand uh with each other so yeah no thank you for the super chat and uh and uh if if you if you want a longer explanation uh let's talk on discord uh chat at me over there so all right let's uh let's get out of here gordon check back next uh boy I need more cold coffee, I guess. Check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. And also, if you're on one of those services, please leave a review. Every time you do, Adam, drink some cold coffee. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Adios, y'all. Elaine Yee. Bye, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch. Man, maybe I should get some cold U-Ban. Yeah, (laughs) running through my veins. (laughs) All right, see everybody. Bye.